Hello, church. I'm extremely happy right now. I'm a bundle of joy. <laughs> we're going to do something very special, but let me, let me tell you what we're going to be doing so everybody's on the same page, and then uh, we'll go right into our passage. So I, th- I find it very, very special that the passage that we're going to be looking at today is going to be about the crucifixion and the death of Jesus Christ. Um, and I find it very interesting because this is something that we usually do in April, uh, in the beginning of April. Um, but we're doing it in this season, in Christmas season. Um, so I think it's very special because of this reason. I think right now we have the opportunity to look at the story in a different way. Um, usually when it's in April, we take a look at the story um, and we concentrate on, we fix our eyes in the story itself, uh, meaning what happened and all the sentiments that went uh, with that story and everything that Jesus was going through. Um, and we, we actually feel everything uh, that was happening at that, at that time. But today, what I want to do is I want to look at the purpose of the story. I think there is a divine purpose for this story, and it is very important that we understand the purpose in everything, even in our own lives. Um, we have to understand the purpose of our lives, because if not, we're going to en- end up doing the wrong things or, or going to end up in the wrong place if we don't understand exactly what is the purpose that God has for our lives. Um, so I want to take a look at the story, um, and we, I have divided it into two stories, uh, so we can look at each one. And we, we're just going to ask God to guide us right now, and we're going to ask God to, to speak to us and to reveal to us uh, the purpose that he had, especially for this passage. So if you can please join me. God, uh, thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to be together in this moment. And thank you for allowing us to look at your word and learn from it, but especially to be able to understand it and apply it. So I'm asking you, Lord, can you please talk to us? Can you please go to the deepest uh, of our heart? And can you make um, understanding of what you're trying to say? And can you reveal to us exactly the purpose of the passage that we're going to be looking at today so that we can understand it, we can apply it in our own lives, and we can view it exactly as you meant to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, like I told you, I divided this story uh, or this passage for today uh, into two stories. We're going to go to Luke 23 right now. And don't worry, I have the verses on the screen. We're going to look to uh, Luke 23, uh, and we're going to go with verse 39. And it says the following. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So you are the Messiah. Uh, So you are the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too. While you're at it. <laughs> I, li- I like that, that ending. Uh, while you're at it. In the next verse it says, But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God 
even when you have been sentenced to die? And then he says, we deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. So this is the first story. And the first story is talking about the crucifixion of Jesus. But if it was up to me, um, I, you know, I would not have two thieves on each side uh, because I think the main focus should be Jesus at this moment. So I start thinking and say, why God wanted to have this special moment with with Jesus in the middle and two thieves, one on each side. There must be a reason why God allowed it that way. There must be something that God is trying to tell us uh, to be able to um, focus on those areas, understand the purpose, and also being able to uh, apply it or work on it. So, here is, here is uh, you can see it throughout the, the, the passage that we just read. Uh, we have two thieves. One of them is making fun of Jesus and saying, hey, if you are the Messiah, if you're God, then why you don't go down? And by the way, once you do it, also uh, get us down as well. Um, so if, if you take a look at this person, this person tells us the way that society is right now. Um, if you understand correctly, this is what is happening. The person is having a, different, a difficult situation, something that he cannot do anything about it, and he's looking at God for his own good. And even though he might say, hey, you were saying you were God, so first of all is, do I, do I put the trust in God or not? And the second thing is, when I'm in a difficult situation, then I do go to God and ask me to save me. And then you probably see this in many different people where um, the only time that they look for God is when they find themselves in a very difficult situation. And you can see that the focus of that person is on the issue or what he's going through at that time. And I think a lot of people are going, um, or a lot of people go through the same sample, and they just do that, and that's the only way that they will look at Jesus. Either to reject him, to make fun of him, or when something very hard, very difficult happens on their own lives, and they look for him so they can request God to save them out of that situation. And that's exactly what happened with this uh, first person. Now, um, the, the, the thing that I, that I think is very important for, for all of us is to understand that there are some times um, that we are in that position as well. So this is not only for people that don't believe in God, but sometimes we also reject the will of God in our lives and sometimes we also look for God only to help us, to get us out of a situation that we cannot handle anymore. 
to be able to rescue us and to, to be able to, right now in that moment, is when we look at ourselves and the issues that we're going through. And I think this has been very evident, especially during this season. In this season, you know, we have been going through some things that we have never expected. But um, the, the time that we have alone, the, the, the distractions that have been uh, gone away uh, in our lives, m- allow us to see it in a different way. And allow us to see that sometimes we look for God only to be able to help us in these different situations. So don't look at it like, oh, this, this part of this person is only reflecting people that don't trust in God. Because very subtle, it can also be part of our lives. And we have to understand that to be able to uh, make corrections. And one of the things that God wants to do is to take our own eyes that are placing ourselves and what we're going through and start relying more in God, trusting God, looking for God. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I think he, he allowed all this to happen during this season. He took away all the distractions to be able to do that so that we don't have to put our eyes in the things that are happening in our lives but I start looking more to God. So um, it, is, it, is, it is very important that we understand that uh, so we can take action in that situations. Uh, sometimes I think also we are too quick to go to God and ask him to remove a difficult situation from our lives. Let, let me explain what, I, what I'm trying to say. I think sometimes we may miss a blessing from God because we are desperate to get out of a situation that God allowed into our lives. Let me tell you an example. Um, My grandson, he's only 10 months right now, and um, he's very happy. He's a bundle of joy. He's, uh, He's always smiling, except when it's time to eat. (laughs) When it's time to eat, you will hear screams that I have never heard before. (laughs) He will always uh, raise his voice and he knows that that is a way for him to call uh, the attention of whoever is around him. Uh, So when we start seeing him that he's starting to scream, we go very quickly and start preparing a bottle for him. Now, to be able to prepare the bottle, uh, we have to go into the kitchen, we have to go to get the formula, uh, we have to warm the, the, the water, and at the, at the time that we're doing that, he also sees us that, he's doing, that we're doing that, and he knows that we're preparing a bottle for him. But the more that he sees that we're working on it, the more he will yell at it. He will, he will, he will scream with everything that he has because he knows we're working on it and he wants it now. <laughs> Sometimes it's the same for us. Sometimes we are in a situation where, where we, we need uh, God to be able to help us and we start screaming to God. 
what we don't realize is that God is preparing something very special. Uh, he's warming up the battle, <laughs> if you want to call it that way. I don't like milk. I don't like to drink anything that is cold. Um, in fact, milk, the only way that I will drink milk is if you warm it up for me. And maybe put a little bit of sugar too, by the way. <laughs> um, but if it's cold, I don't like it. <laughs> so I, ref I reflect on this, uh, on this uh, story that I told you about my grandson, Noah. And uh, it's exactly the same way. I know God is warming up the bottle of the milk for me, but we're screaming and we're asking God to give us what he has right now. And he might give you the bottle, but he may give you not the best bottle. Uh, he may not be warm enough, or he, it might not be the best thing that he has because we're desperate to get out of a situation. Think about that. If you trust God and he allowed it, that situation in your life, and in the word he said that everything, for us that we trust God, everything that comes to our lives will be for our own good. Meaning there is a purpose behind that and he's doing something special. Do you know that in difficult times is when God shapes our character do you know that sometimes God uses difficult time to get us to the next level? Do you know that maybe God is screaming at you so you can pay more attention to him and concentrate and trust more in him? So, so don't, don't, don't complain about the situation. Don't try to find or say, God, why this is happening to me? Instead, ask God what is the purpose behind it? Why is he allowing that situation? And allow him to speak to you. And maybe he is doing something very special or he's working on a solution that is far better than the one that you can even produce. Sometimes we, we said, God, if you can help me in this situation, and by the way, this is the way that you can help me. You can do it in this way, and you can use these people, and this is exactly how I think it will get me out of trouble. When in fact, when you leave everything to God, He might surprise you. He might do things that you didn't expect to. But this is the good news, is that it will be far better than what we can do if we do it with our own strength. Are we sometimes playing to be God? So if you are in a difficult situation right now, ask God the purpose of why he allowed that situation. And if he already said, because he did, he said it in his word, if he already said to you that it's going to work out for good, then let's start trusting God in everything that is going on in our lives. Put the trust in God. Do your part. I'm not saying... Go in the couch and just wait for God to act. God requests also for us to act, to be participants of what he's doing. But be attentive to, to God speaking to you and to guiding your steps. If you do that, if you trust in God and if you allow him to guide you, and if you do everything that he tells you uh, through the spirit or through the word, then start doing it. And then he's going to do 
beautiful things in your lives. He's going to give you that perfect bottle. I tell you that because <laughs> I have lived it. I, 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 it's my own experience. I have gone through it. Sometimes I try to fix the things in my own power, and I make a bigger mess. But when I let God work on that situation, and I obey God, and I put my, my eyes in God instead of putting the eyes on myself in my situation, guess what? He always surprised me, and he always does it in such a way that then I can give him all the glory. I know it was only him, and that's probably the, the thing that he wants out of that situation as well. So, so don't be like the first person, but let's look at the other person and see what, his, what he did. What he did is, um, the, the second thief, instead of saying, take me down, he said, take me up. Look at, look at, look at that. Um, th there is something very special that God is telling us. That our hope is not in this world. Our hope, our living hope, resides when we are in the presence of God. I think God allows us to, to, to get a taste of what is going to happen in heaven by just uh, being on his present while we're here on earth. But I'm telling you, we're going to be extremely happy. <laughs> we're going to be like Noah, a bundle of joy. The way that we are, I mean, the day that we are in front of God when we are in heaven. And everything that happens here, everything uh, that we're going through, is just going to be for a season. But what is going to happen in the heavens is going to be for an eternity. So I, I, I truly believe this, that once we are over there, we're not going to remember the bills that we had to pay while we were here on earth. I don't think we're going to even remember the struggles or, or the problems that we were going through. Uh, because he told us that we, we, he's going to erase from us every tear Every, every sentiment that we have of pain, um, he's going to remove that. And he's going to remove everything that has to do with sin. And he's going to make you something new, something beautiful. And we're going to, just to be in the presence of God, just, just knowing that we, that we can have that, is going to be our fullest uh, joy. So, so keep that in mind whenever you're going through difficult situations, that there is no problem that is big enough or bigger than God. There is nothing that can be out of the hands of God. He is still God, even in this season. The coronavirus is, is, is something that God allowed. It's not something that took God by surprise. And if he allowed it, it's because he had also a purpose for that. So, so think about that. Everything that is going to happen here is just going to be for a season. Um, but our joy has to be in heaven. So the second thief, instead of asking God to take him down, he was asking him 
to take him up. And that's what we need to do. We need to fix our eyes up. Look, look for God in every situation. We need to know that there is a future for us. It's a living hope that uh, because God did that in the cross, we have access now to that. So uh, I hope this encourages you. I hope this helps you, especially if you're going through a, a tough season, uh, to be able to know that even in the most important time when Jesus want, was in a cross, God wanted us to sh- wanted to show us how much He loved us, not only by the sacrifice, but what was happening around Jesus as well. Um, so, so take courage, people, and just keep trusting God in everything that He is doing. That's the first story. Now, the second story is the death of Jesus Christ. Now, let me, let me show you the, the verses for that uh, passage. But it says, now in verse 44, it says, By this time, it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone. And suddenly, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was turned down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. When the Roman officer, overseeing the execution, saw what was happened, what has happened, they worship God. Uh, he worshiped God and said, "Surely this man was innocent." And when all of the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what was what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. But Jesus' friends, including women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching. Um, so. This is the, the second story, um, and this is the death of Jesus. Now, when I read the story a long time ago, when I first read it, I found something out of place. I found something that I didn't understand. I didn't know why God put this passage in the middle of this story, because it made no sense to me at that time. So I started looking of the for the purpose for that precise story. Uh, and the passage that, I, that I'm telling you that I'm, I, I was a, a little bit confused is verse 45. And let me read it again to you. It says, uh, the light from the sun was done, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was turned down the middle. So just to give you a little bit of idea what that is, is in the temple... It was divided into two places, the holy place and the holy of holies. The presence, the presence um, of God, um, the, God was in the holy of holies, okay? And these two rooms were divided by a, by a curtain, by a veil. Now, uh, there is a person, his name is uh, Josephus, and he was a historian from that time, and we have his writings. And this is what it amazed me the most when I started looking into it. 
uh, he tells us in his writings that that curtain was about four inches um, in depth, or uh, the, yeah, wide um, in depth. It was about four inches. Think about that. Four inches, a curtain of four inches. I never seen something like that. Not even in my grandma's house. She used to have these big curtains. She used to have these thick uh, curtains. But imagine a curtain that is four inches. And why did that curtain uh, just tear down the middle? Josephus also says that that curtain was so big and so thick that you can even put two horses and pull from each side and they will never get it to split or to, or to turn down. Imagine that, the force of two horses on each side pulling the curtain and it was not going to be able to, to be turned down. So why God put that verse in this story and why it was turned down? Why was why was in the middle and now it was broken? And I really believe this is that exactly at that moment when Jesus gave his life, he accomplished his main purpose of why he came here. Yes, he came here to give us an example. He came here, God made man. So he can show us that um, the way that we're supposed to act. He, sh- he came here also to perform some miracles. He came here also to teach. But the main reason why, the main purpose, why he came was to be able to die in that cross. And because of his sacrifice, to be able to give us access now to God. If God was uh, in the Holy of Holies and no one could enter that place except the high priest and he can only do it one day a year, uh, he can only be in the presence of God one day a year, uh, nobody else was allowed to enter. Imagine, imagine the situation that we as a persons um, are, uh, will be faced without Jesus that we will never have access to God, uh, only one person out of the whole world will be able to do it. And we will be behind the veil, and we will put in all our trust in that one person. Now, when, Jesus, when God rips that curtain, now we have access to God. This is very important to understand because this is key to understand the purpose of the death of Jesus Christ. Like I told you, sometimes we focus so much on the crucifixion, on the pain that he suffered, on the crown, on, on everything that he went through uh, that, that we know of, and the feelings that go about that. But it's important for us to know that there is a divine purpose in all this. Um, if you don't understand the divine purpose, then the crucifixion doesn't make sense. Think about this. There were thousands of crucifixions on those days. But the important crucifixion was the one that was with Jesus. And it's because of the purpose that is behind that. 
is because by that sacrifice that he did on that cross, now we can have access to God. Now, if that was the, the main purpose of Jesus dying in that cross, and we don't take advantage of that, um, of, of that access that we have with God, then we're not understanding everything that God wanted to do with us. We have to understand that that sacrifice was for us to allow to have access to God. Imagine that. Now you can talk to God. Now you can have a relationship with God. Now you have the joy of being able to experience God in your own situations. It's very common in, in our culture, in, in, in our country, in Colombia, um, that, that people, when they have a prayer, they go to church and they ask the pastor on the, or the priest to pray for them. Um, but that's missing the whole point. The whole point is that now you can pray to God. Now you can talk to God. Now you can be in his presence. And now you can have full enjoyment of what that means. So you don't need anybody to be able to have a relationship with God. Now think about this. If the main purpose of Jesus coming here, dying in that cross, is for you to have access to God, then... Our main purpose is to be able to enjoy that. Because if we don't do it, then there is no reason for that act that Jesus did on that cross. And that's why this verse is in this passage. Because God wanted us to know exactly the same thing, that we have access now to God and we should enjoy that. We should be part of that. We should not go to a person and ask to pray for us. Or ask or, or say, hey, you have a better connection with God. Uh, you have a, a better, um, you're closer to God. Uh, please ask this for me. Nonsense. We have God in our lives. And now we just need to enjoy. We have to take action. We have to look for him. We have to, um, this, is, this is very important, that we uh, include God in every situation in our lives. Even, even if we're going through difficult situations, or even if you're going to very happy situations, is to be able to um, include God in those situations as well. So uh, is, that's, that's why the reason of that verse is to be able to understand that now we have a direct access uh, to the presence of God. And this is, this, is, this is very important because not only we have access to God right now, but we're going to have access to God in the future. That is our living hope. That's, that's our whole faith is based on this truth. That one day, just like Jesus died and resurrected, we're going to have a death if Jesus doesn't come first. We're going to die here on, the, on this earth, but that's not all. There is a hope beyond what happens here. And we're going to be in the presence of God. Imagine that. It says that uh, in Revelations, when, when you take a moment, read those two last chapters of Revelation. Um, 
those are amazing because it describes the day that we're going to be in front of him. And it says that God, we won't have any son at that time. The son is not going to be there because the son of God, Jesus Christ, is going to, be, is going to light up everything um, at that moment. That's why also we have decided for this season, for this Christmas season, to have the theme of Mary and Bright. Because <laughs> Jesus should be our light. But not, also, not only the light of this world, not only the one that guides us, but the light in the sense of joy, of bringing joy to your lives. Even if you're going through a difficult situation, that's why sometimes when people are going through a difficult situation, but they have their trust in God, they have still joy in their lives. Because they know that everything that happens to them is in the hands of God. And even if there is something so bad that is going to finish with everything that they have here on earth, that they have a hope once we are in the presence of God. Our living hope. And, and I think that's key to understand. And that's key to be able to, in the passage of the death of Jesus Christ, to understand that we not only have access to him right now, but we're going to have access to him in the future. And then our joy will be completed. And then everything else is not going to matter. The only thing that is going to matter is that you and me are going to be there if we put the trust in God right now. So, so I hope being able to understand the why will be able to give you hope for what you're going through. And, and to be able to understand that our own life's purposes are very tied to God. And let me end with this. God is our creator. So the only one that can give purpose and can give you the insight of the purpose of your life is God. Because he created you. He created me. He knows the purpose exactly for each person. Um, let me read this to you. It's, it's not on the screen, uh, but let me read it to you. I, I didn't want to distract you, but let me read it to you because I think this is very important to understand our purpose. Um, it's in Ephesians um, 2.10, and it says, For we are his workmanship, Look at this. We, we were created by him. So he's the one that created us. And he's the one that can give us purpose. Now, this is created in Christ Jesus for good works. I hope you can start seeing some of the purpose that he has for our lives. He created us now that we're in Jesus Christ for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in, in them. So this is mind-blowing if you understand this process. Look at this. God created us, and then he says that now that we're in Jesus Christ, he has a purpose for our lives, and that purpose 
is in good works. But this is the key. It says that he already had ready for us before we were even born. You know, sometimes we spend so much time trying to find our purpose in our lives. What we should do or what is the purpose or how should I serve in the, in the church or, or what I'm supposed to be doing now that I finish college or, you know, or going into college. This is key to understand because sometimes we focus so much on the purpose without understanding that the one that gives us purpose for our lives is God because he created us. And he's telling us that he had prepared already something if we walk in those areas. So instead of looking for the purpose of your life, start to look for God in your life and start to walk in those areas going towards him. I'm telling you, if you start getting closer to God and start finding the way to God, then you're going to start finding your purpose. Sometimes we focus so much in ourselves, just like that thief. We focus on ourselves, trying to look for the purpose in our lives, and we start to become miserable. You know, the joy of our lives goes away because we are putting the focus on ourselves. We have to look for God and we have to run to him. We have to be in his presence because now the veil is no longer there and we have access to him. And the way that you find your purpose is when you look to God. When you start saying, God, what are those good works that you have prepared for me already so that I can walk into it? Is when you start obeying everything that is on his word. You know, it's not like God is going to give you or write you a letter and send it to you and say, hey, this is the job description for your life and this is the purpose and the things that you need to do. What I have discovered with God is that as we walk with him, as we give each step and start trusting God is when he starts revealing more of his purpose. Because sometimes we're not ready to do the, 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 some of the purposes until we go through some situations in our lives because he needs to prepare us. And that's why I'm telling you, if you're going right now through a difficult situation, don't complain. Just go to God and just ask God, what is the reason, what is the purpose I'm in this situation? And allow God to talk to you. Allow God to reveal his will for that specific moment. And maybe it's that he's preparing you for something greater and greater, just like his word said. So if you do that, if you start spending more time with God, if you start uh, acting and putting into practice everything that he's telling you to, then you're going to start finding purpose in your life. And basically, purpose is this. We can find purpose in serving others. And if you have problems with um, the way that you feel, that you're feeling down or lonely in this moment, the solution, the antidote for that is to be able to serve others. Once you start giving your life to others, 
just like Jesus did, just like Paul did, then joy will come to your life because you are fulfilling, fulfilling the purpose that he has put in your life. So think, think about that. Just look for God, enjoy his presence, and allow him to talk to you and to give you the purpose for his life. He's preparing a bottle, a delicious bottle. You just need to be patient and trust in what he's doing. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for everything that you put in your word. I know that every single word is important to us. And we should not skip any single word. And just as we look today in a different way, not only looking at the story, but also looking what was happening and why you allow certain things to happen in the middle of the story, it gives us very, very, um, uh, more understanding of exactly the purpose that you had for that situation. So this is what I ask you, Lord, is to reveal your purpose for every situation that we're going through. We know that if you have allowed it in your life, it's because there is a specific purpose. Please allow us to align our lives with your purpose and to be able to trust you in everything that we do. And that's why our lives is in your hands. And that's why we feel more safe and there is more joy when we are there in your presence, trusting everything that you do. Bless these people that are, that are listening to this message. And please uh, show yourself in their lives in such a way that they know that it has to be you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you.